Hello, I'm Aislinn Campbell. And I'm Joe Hilliard. Welcome to our weekly podcast, Dinner Table Talks. This week, we get the opportunity to share our amazing New Year's Eve with you and both dinners, plus so much more. Two dinners? Two dinners, and one of them you cook. Imagine that. I'm going to suggest people stay to the very end to hear a very engaging table topics conversation. As always, if you'd like to learn more about us or a little more about the podcast, we suggest you listen to episode one. Learn how to get in touch with us and where to find us across social media at dinnertabletalks.com. Now pull up a chair. Dinner is served. Hello, friends. It is time for another Dinner Table Talks. My name is Joe Hilliard, and across the dinner table from me, as always... Aislinn Campbell. It is episode 20. 20. That's a nice round number. It is a very nice round It has number. been quite a fun journey with you. It has. You know what I did uh, in my travels? My new job is taking me on travels to San Antonio and the Rio Grande Valley. I know. Sometimes that leads me to a night to myself. And it has me on the road for a couple of hours. And what I've found is it allows me to have the ability to listen to more podcasts. So I mean, I'm listening to more people's podcasts. I am too. The other day on my travel to San Antonio, I took the time to listen. Now, of course, I didn't get 20. I didn't have 20 hours on the road. I had four hours on the road. So I listened to, I think, the first four episodes or maybe four and, a half, four and a half episodes. Yeah. I think that it's really smart to do that as a good podcaster because for one thing, we talk about things we've already talked about. Oh, like you we and talk I about repeat. It and then, yeah, we tell stories we've already told before. So I think that that's an important thing to keep in mind. And then I also think that it's just good to evolve and to hear yourself. And, you know, I was telling uh, our friends the other day when we were in conversation at the dinner table that I have found that as we do more podcasts, I have found that I am a better speaker. It is making me yeah, a, a better, better, a better public, a better public speaker. It's making me a better public speaker. I'm quicker. I'm more precise. And I tell stories that I've already told before, so it's quicker to just, like, tell the story real fast. So a programming note and then a question for us. Sure. The programming note. Next week, episode 21, you're not going to want to miss it. We're going to do something new and special and exciting. And I've been talking about it for weeks, and here it finally is. Now a question for us. 20 episodes under the belt. Yes. You going back and reviewing some of our older work. Yes. What's the top two changes that you and I need to make? I think that we've already begun doing them. And that is that we're taking notes, we're producing. We have an agenda before we get started. Yeah, and I think that that is helpful. I want to quit saying, that was a joke. Like literally those words. Uh -huh. Or, I'm just kidding. I want to get more comfortable with my sense of humor or I let the audience kind of understand my sense of humor to know that I'm sarcastic and I say things that are just jokes. Okay, I got one. Okay. I want to be a little less local. Oh, no, I'm with you. Broader. I think that the challenging part for us doing a pro we podcast... We're not local on purpose. We're just telling the stories as they exist, and it just they are local stories. That's somewhat true and somewhat not. Well, how do you I, mean? Because I, run, I started and have run or had run for the last 10 years of my life a local food sourcing nonprofit, a local... like. Local has been our thing. When you talked about in the very first episode how you did 40 things to do in Corpus Christi, right. it's local. I run a local, you know, so we talk about local. Local is important to us. Our community and the development of our community is important to us. But when you're 
when you have a podcast and the idea of the podcast is that you're going to be more universal. Right. It appeals to everybody. You can still talk about the same concepts. You can still talk about Uber and all of that because everybody's dealing with some so of that. So we're going to watch ourselves moving forward in that regard. Yes. I agree. Asim, bring out the gong. It is time. Unanswered questions. This is that time of the podcast. We do it every week where we go back and we just look at some of the things that we talked about last week in more detail. Yeah, I like this. Speaking of programming things, and one of the things I think we're doing well is that we're evolving into what makes sense. And one of those things is we've evolved into this unanswered question concept. And what it does is it... We can drill deep. Yes, and we still do research, but we do it a little differently. Well, we do I the research not... almost after the fact. So last week we knew we were going to talk about charcuterie. Sure. But I didn't realize that you were going to pull this amazing word out of your pocket. Awful. And then you, you even went so far as to spell it O-F-F-A-L. I was hoping you could go into more detail. So you heard me talking last week about the snout to tail, which of course I'm going to understand what awful is. The Wikipedia definition of awful it says it also called variety of meats, pluck, or organ meats. It is the visceral internal organs and entrails of a butchered animal. The word does not refer to a particular list of edible organs, which varies by culture and region, but includes most internal organs and excludes muscle and bone. Now it says some cultures strongly consider offal as a food to be taboo, like we don't eat awful. Awful yeah. is... I would say general American culture. Yeah. yeah. Really, though? General American? Continue, and then yeah. I want to get into that. While others use it as everyday food or in a delicacy, certain awful dishes, including foie gras, mm-hmm, mm, pate, and Delicious. sweet bread, Delicious. are internationally regarded as gourmet foods in the culinary arts. Others remain part of a traditional regional cuisine and may be consumed, especially in connection with holidays. This includes Scottish haggis. I'm going to Scotland. We're going to Scotland. Let's go. We're going to eat some haggis. Jewish chopped liver, U.S. chitterlings, Mexican menudo, as well as many other dishes. On the other hand, intestines are traditionally used as casings for sausages. And in South Texas, even broader than that. You and I found Lingua. Our, you and I found our well, tripas. You and yeah. I found ourselves at a restaurant today for lunch that serves liver and onions. Sure. Not super uncommon, but how many people do you and I know that would say, "I won't eat liver." Well, it's it is definitely one of those things that people eat, you know. But I run in a weird crowd because I run in a crowd of people that eat organ meat on purpose. And I have found that the older I've got. I have moved away from this idea that these three meats are the acceptable meats. Beef, chicken, and pork. And of those three things, the acceptable cuts. The breast, the leg, the thigh. The, you know, the steak, the roast. Yeah. But as you and I have gotten more into snout to tail, I mean, let's, I guess that's what it is. Exactly Farm to table, and then from there, snout to tail, everything. Prepared everything prepared correctly that food is amazing and but the truth of the matter is is that many many cultures in the peasant class they took what they got and they got whatever was left over of the meat and they had to learn how to use it and they, they had to make beautiful appetizing. things yeah, yeah. They, they made it it went from uh, to appetizing to delicacy how into where we live tripas or tripe or intestines 
are you? That's not one of these awful meats that I eat. You've tried it and don't like it? It's chewy. It's it's different. It's a different kind of delicacy. I challenge you. I will find the place that serves tripes, and you and I will go, and we'll discuss it on episode 22. I challenge you. Maybe, but maybe I not. I challenge you. I'm not even 100% I sure. I challenge you. I don't like it. I've eaten it before. Try it again. I'm not sure I want to. Let's and do I'm it. really I'm really I'm really interested in trying things. Okay, me solo doing If we're talking tripes. about eating glands or organs, mm-hmm. heart, mm-hmm. tongue, mm-hmm. uh all of that, but when we're talking about eating intestines, yeah. I don't think we need that. I want and, I want to go somewhere else. Ma- making the Facebook rounds where we live is the Fredericksburg that is a uh German that's German, right? Oh, yeah. Town yeah. in the hill country of Texas has just announced the first annual testicle festival. I eat that. Rocky Mountain Oysters. Rocky Mountain Oysters. You've heard this. Right. It's, those are bull testicles fried yes. to a delicacy. Yes. You would do testicles. Yes. I don't mind glands. I only wanted to say that sentence to ask you that question so you that would, I could have a very good title for the episode. You would do testicles. You would do testicles. <laughs> you would do testicles. <laughs> Yeah, so you would do those because in a little friend chat, there were many people saying, nope, 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 yeah. nope, not yeah. doing that. Yeah, that that's spoiled America and they haven't tasted it and they don't know. The the thing with intestines is that intestines... You don't like the texture. I don't like the texture, but testicles are not the same as the place that holds your shit. I'm just going to leave it right there. <laughs> okay. We had some great voicemails last week from chefs to helping us decide if we should use, if I should use gloves when I handle peppers in the kitchen and chef harold he said something really interesting habanero or hotter and it got me thinking i know that there's some scale of peppers i've heard the term scoville scale before but i wanted to go into that in a little more depth if you don't mind small medium or large how much do you want me to go into this if we're talking about plants yeah i can go ahead and vegetables okay so william scoville was a pharmacologist who invented his scale in 1912 Right. Uh-huh. And the way that they did it was they would prepare each type of pepper in a solution and then a panel of five people would taste it and then he'd prepare them a little bit more and then he would get to the point to where I don't taste any heat any any longer and then he could put those things onto a scale. Okay, I love this. The Scoville scale is a measurement of the pungency, also known as spiciness or heat, of chili peppers and other spicy foods as recorded in Scoville heat units a bell pepper zero on the scoville scale no heat whatsoever a jalapeno five thousand on the scoville scale mm-hmm. i was dealing with habanero peppers now if the jalapeno is a five thousand the habanero is a hundred and fifty thousand jalapeno is not all five thousand though no of course uh, you've got different kinds of growing you've got different kinds of seasonality that will make a jalapeno a little bit hotter or a little bit less hot and if you grow a jalapeno right next to a habanero, it's going to be a little hotter. Now, between the bell pepper and the jalapeno is also the poblano. Now, there's a place in town that we mm. go to eat poblano soup. Poblano is absolutely one of my favorite peppers. The owner of the restaurant told us one time when we were there eating, I have no idea how hot the soup is from day to day. Mm-hmm. It's how hot the poblanos are. Sometimes they're medium. Sometimes they're mild. Sometimes they're hot. That's just what the soup is that day. So you're right. There's going to be a range from, you know, taste to taste yeah. but in a general and, sense. And the, one of my other favorite peppers that's become new that you can actually grow in all of our areas, in all America mostly, and that is the shishito pepper. 
And those of you that go out to restaurants and try different types of like sauteed pepper dishes, this has become like a hot commodity, the shishito pepper. Well, they talk about how the shishito pepper is like the, the Russian roulette of peppers because you can have an entire dish full of completely mild and sweet shishito peppers and one of them will burn your mouth up. Well, according to the Guinness World Records, the Carolina Reaper is the hottest chili pepper in the world. Uh-huh. 1.5 million Scoville units. And pepper spray that they spray, you know, spray in your face if you're a mugger, 5.3 million. Well, I know there's some people around here that grow Carolina Reapers. And then if you are a Facebook fan of ours, you notice that we did not post the taco shells that we eat that we talked about last week during Leftover Taco Night. Because they're not me, Tierra, you and I, working uh-huh. from memory. Oh, yeah. La Tiara. La Tiara. And I said last week, I don't know if you can get those if you don't live in Texas. It's Amazon.com. You can get anything, anywhere. Go to mm. Amazon.com. Well, if you support the devil, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, besos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bessel, Spanish for besos. kiss. Besos. <laughs> Mi beso, tu besos. Okay, so uh, go to Amazon.com. Look up La Tiara, T-I-A-R-A, and buy yourself some of the best what taco shells. What if Jeff Bezos was listening? Bezos, this is my sexies. What if Jeff Bezos was said, listening, the, and all of a sudden he starts sending us some good Amazon goodies? The moment that uh, we said the words Amazon, <laughs> he, he he or one of his underlings began listening. Okay. I think we should listen to a great listener voicemail. This is going to be our first listener voicemail that is just completely random. Someone that called in to chat on the podcast. This is exciting. Please, everyone, do more of it. Let's listen in right now. Hey, Ace Lennon, Joe, Larry Cashin here. Just started tuning in to your dinner table talks. I really like it. Success to you. Share it with my sweetheart, Jalissa. And perhaps even one day have the pleasure of dinner with you. Keep it up. Thank you so much for saying that. Thank you for tuning in. Please tell all your friends and you all too can do this as well. Just go to dinnertabletalks.com. And that's where you do a voicemail? That's where you do a voicemail. Fantastic. I, I feel like I should I be go. teaching you this. Yeah, yeah, no. I feel like I do know, but some days I forget. Depends on how many glasses of wine I've had. What are you okay. up to? What are you up to tonight? What am I up to tonight? Wine wise. Oh, this is two and a half, maybe. Oh, good for you. <laughs> we had a I had a um a happy hour drink. We had some charcuterie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did. It's Friday. Friday. Okay. So this one is backtracking quite a bit. So now we're going back to New Year's Eve. It's a couple weeks into January. It's not too late. But the reason is, is because we had some really good meals and some really great conversations on New Year's Eve. And I want to start out by by saying we took a lift. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's New Year's Eve. Hey, I don't mess around with the with the amateurs, as they say. I don't mess around with the amateurs. So as we set out on our journey, it was New Year's Eve. And so, of course, the first thing we're going to do is go out and grab a drink. Mm -hmm. Right. So we stop into this one place to get a nice just little cocktail. I had made dinner reservations. You did. We set out an hour early. What's interesting about it is we're sitting there and I'm drinking my chocolate martini. Yeah, whatever. I was drinking a chocolate martini. I'm, ha- I'm having my dirty martini. You were e- having? Extra cold. Very nice. That's your, that is your new favorite. That's my new favorite. Just a good old-fashioned vodka, not gin. 
And the place we're going to is literally within walking distance. But in the meantime, we're sitting there, we're chatting, we're thinking about how nice New Year's Eve we're is going to be. The only two people in the bar. Yeah. And then and a, this, another couple a walks couple in. A couple walks in, and they're very clearly looking around like, well, where is everybody? You know, and it's still early mm -hmm. and, you know, chatter, chatter. And then all of a sudden, Joe hears them talking about a restaurant that we just recently ate at. The, re the restaurant we ate at was on Christmas Eve. If you have heard the Christmas Eve story, you'll know that there's this nice little steakhouse. And Joe thinks, wait, what? Why are they talking about that? So he grabs them. He kind of he kind of calls out like, wait, what? What are y'all talking well, it about? It takes me three seconds to realize that the bartender yes. is telling this couple sitting at the bar. We're at a table about five feet away. Places to eat in town. Yeah. So I'm thinking go. to myself, tourists. Right, exactly. And I have talked about several times that coming up in February, our local magazine is going to release an article where they talk about the top 25 restaurants and then they do quotes from local foodies. And we got to get involved in that yeah, conversation. Don't, don't say we, superstar. No, you help. Do you help? And so in the midst of that, we just start talking to these people about where to go eat. And you got to go here. And you definitely got to go here because we find out these folks are from Decatur, Alabama. Right. And they're sweet. and they, But you can also tell that there's like a hesitation. Like they're like a steak and potato, yeah. uh, fried shrimp right. kind of folk. Yeah. Well, we said, do you like sushi? The answer was no. <laughs> yeah. no. So, of course, we send them to all of our favorite like local, you know, little things like that. And so that was really nice. That was good to kind of kick off our evening. Because then when we finish up our drink and we say goodbye, oh, it's so great. We're so glad to meet you. We love people that come in from out of town. We traded Instagram and Facebook names. All that. Really. All that. Told them about the dinner table talks yep. podcast yep. oh yeah yeah we're podcasters mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we go across the street and we go into this lovely little thai food restaurant it is called thai spice i don't care how local that may be i'm telling you the <laughs> name of this restaurant thai spice thai spice we go in we sit down and at this point we're like one of one or two other couples in the whole restaurant mm -hmm. but we know this couple we know the wife the that's owners. the chef right. and we know the husband and then we discover that the waitress is the granddaughter and it's just this great lovely and they're they're, they're a Thai family. And you have to, I don't care where you live, you have a restaurant like this. It is in our in our downtown area. You know, that's a high dollar real estate. It is a mom and pop place. But mom and pop are grandma and grandpa, right? They've been running <laughs> this spot forever. And you can tell that whatever they learned their culinary arts, and it is some of the best Thai food in town. That they mine Tru truly some of the best Thai food in town, like that, no doubt, agreed. always has been. But they minored in presentation. Oh, their presentation at this place is superb. I don't care what chain Thai restaurants you go to. I don't care what trendy Thai restaurant you go to. This grandmom and grandpop shop has got some of the most beautiful presentation, not only in the food itself, but the serving dishes. They're using like their grandparents' fine Thai china to present this beautiful, delicious food. Yes, it's lovely. And so here we are on New Year's Eve having Thai food. And it's beautiful because we're not packed in with a bunch of other people on New Year's Eve. Everyone's trying to get the place to be at. But I, we I don't have... know why it wasn't more full. It's so good. It's, it's, it's like this forgotten uh... stop in town. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's a tragedy, actually, if I think about it too much. But it is definitely one of the places that I would consider fine dining in Corpus sure. Christi. Sure. Because of the quality of food and because of the presentation. And that's where I take my woman out for a beautiful New Year's Eve. <laughs> so we order two dishes, mm-hmm. and they actually do have a special menu for that night. The dish that I ordered was a sockeye salmon punning curry. Right. And it comes out in this beautiful... Like multi-level... Uh, yeah, serving, it's like a serving dish. it's like a it's like a brass or gold bowl and oh and I had already talked to them about how you know I can't eat grain and so I don't I don't need the rice right. and you know I, I think I even told them they they I think they even brought me some extra like vegetables and like decorated the plate with extra vegetables they and accommodated I got, you I got extra asparagus you know and all of that kind of stuff and it was this this beautiful brass bowl filled with punning curry and then with a beautiful piece of sockeye salmon down in the middle and then this fully cut like, like slightly charred piece of pineapple yeah like a big chunk of pineapple a quarter of a pineapple yeah three-dimensionally cut like, like a jigsaw puzzled puzzle. together it was two amazing pieces. like you can't eat it it's so but beautiful. it's just a little bit warm you know they've uh-huh. cooked it just a tiny bit they've charred it just a tiny yeah, bit yeah, yeah it was amazing and then it's got the beautiful pieces of asparagus laying across the punning curry mm-hmm. And maybe we need to come back with unanswered questions about what penang curry actually is. We can do that next because week. Because I don't... Two, I, we'll I, do that know. in two weeks. Yeah, because I love curry. And to have a beautiful curry with a beautiful fish, the food was amazing and delicious. Now, you ordered something... I had a stir fry vegetable. I don't think you had a curry. I think you had more of like a brown saute. Yeah? Yeah, yeah I did. It was delicious. It was beautifully presented. But of... you had a fit. You had a piece of fish. I think it was more like a white fish. Okay. And it was... Might have been um, the Gulf drum. I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember. It was... I've um, racked my brain trying to remember. It was... Um, I'm going to interrupt you one more time just for fun. You're not helping because I'm trying to think of something and you keep fucking me up. What do you call it when it's bread? It was breaded. Uh-huh. You had a piece of breaded fish. I did. And I think that that's really important because that leads well to the next thing that happens. What happens? So the table next to us, this man leans across and he says... Do you mind? Could I ask you? Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> what are you? What, what are you having over there? Do you mind if I ask you what you ordered? <laughs> and I think to myself, okay, we're in a Thai restaurant, but yeah. that is a breaded fish, like sure. like fish and chips kind of situation over there. <laughs> and so, of course, just like with the Decatur, Alabama folks. I'm not going to get too local, but you don't hear too many British accents in our town. No, no, you definitely so don't. So I went, ding, 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 ding. This well, is going to be interesting immediately. And we start talking, and we start talking about food, and she leans across, and she starts talking, and we figure out... We make friends this is super freaking cool this couple has flown into dallas texas right and taken a road trip over 10 days or two weeks or whatever through texas through texas and now they're on their new year's eve in corpus christi texas flying out of houston texas in a couple days how often do you go to the travel section of like the local bookstore when i go to the bookstore i go to the travel section when you go to the travel section of a bookstore you're going to have like a Paris book, but you're also going to have a France book. And the France book is maybe three times as thick as the Paris book, London, England, etc. They have a USA book, but -hmm. could you imagine being a tourist that comes to USA? That's not the way it's going to work. You're going to go to New York City, or you're going to go to LA, or you're going to go to Chicago. 
imagine people go to Texas. People go well, to San Antonio, Texas. I know that. I couldn't have imagined a cooler couple because their whole travel itinerary, they had been to, they said, they told, we got to know them pretty good. Uh-huh. We've or been, we chatted. This, this is our second trip to U.S. The first trip was to Las Vegas. Uh-huh. The second trip, we decided to do a road trip through Texas. And they had their two girls with them. Now, you their and teenage I. teenage daughters. You and I did a road trip. Up, yes. 10-day road trip up the yes. Pacific Coast when Highway. When they start telling this story, we're like, oh my God, you traveled just like us. But I can imagine that the Pacific Coast Highway, before there was landslides and mudslides, and it's, I think it's out of commission right now in certain parts well, of it. Well, a section of it you have to jump off of. But we went from San Diego to San Francisco in 10 days. That On seems like it's much more common than a road trip through Texas. I admired these people so much for their just gravitas and gumption in doing this trip. Yes, maybe. I don't I think I don't think we give ourselves enough credit. I think Texas is a pretty people it's a destination find, state yeah, for international Tex- tourism. Yes, yes. yes. If it I is, think that we Texas met the, is interesting. If and it I think is, we met like some Texas. of the coolest people doing it. Yeah. And they were down in our neck of the woods for I think two nights or one night. Yeah. And we of course said, Have you had breakfast tacos yet? Right, exactly. <laughs> and we sent them well, to a very authentic... Well, you start talking about all the different places yeah. that you should go eat. Yeah. And, of course, I'm like, well, you know, we, we do a podcast. And right. she's like, oh, you're podcasters? And, you know, and I'm like, well, we're not like uh, rich and famous podcasters yet. But uh, we do, yes, we do podcasts. Please, we hope you'll listen. And uh, then, of course, we talk about where you should go eat. And now we're thinking, gosh, it's New Year's Eve. Where do you eat? And 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 Joe says, well, can we send you anywhere? Can we send you to the, the, the hole-in-the-wall Mexican food restaurant he's like well as long as it's safe you know like and we're and and that's the kind of way that's the way we travel oh yeah it's exactly the way we travel like we want local we want as local as can get as long as long as it's safe yeah we want as authentic as can get and have learned that the local places that may not be in the fodor's book or the oh i don't even i don't know i don't even want that Mm -hmm. i don't i hardly every single tourist tourist has purchased the same book and they're all in the same place and now you're getting some kind of packaged deal right isn't potentially authentic well and she talked about like where they ate along the way and how they'd met so you can tell she's the kind of traveler that is looking or they're the kind of travelers that are looking for the people that'll lead them to the local experience Well, they were getting up the next morning we sent them to the most authentic place that's a part of town that maybe you don't normally send people i don't mean that in any negative way to eat breakfast tacos and then we they were going to houston yeah to spend one night and then fly home Yes. No. Or yeah, something like that. And we packed up their Houston itinerary, and it turns out I think she sent you a lovely email she or found message. Me on, she found me on Facebook and said we did this, 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 and this. And it was and we, a, yeah. we cannot thank you enough. Yeah, it was great. It was great. I enjoyed that. So that that was the first dinner. It got, it got our New Year's off to the right start. That was it? the first meal. Felt yes. so good. Dinner number one was done. Right. It's 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 well before midnight. <laughs> so, of course, then we go over to our favorite restaurant in town. We've talked about a million times. Episode 16 gives you a good taste of it. But we can't not talk about this particular incident at Bolino's Ristorante with our friends, the Melevisioso, Gente Melevisioso. <laughs> the beautiful people. Those are the people we spend our New Year's Eve with. Set the table and then hand the table over to me. What did we do over there? What were they up to? They, they had invited us over to help close out the night, basically, mm-hmm. with the intentions. And we have actually gone the last few years, but the intentions are 
We're going to close out the night toward the end of the dinner night. The restaurant the end of the closes restaurant. at 10 or so. Yeah. And yeah. then we're going to lock make, the door. Make some out. We're going to serve drinks to our staff and we're going to have some food and whatever. And one of the beautiful things about it was when we got there, they were still up to their eyeballs person to person, everybody running in every different direction, couldn't believe how packed and how busy they still were late into the night with people, which is best restaurant in town. That's exactly right. That's that's a testament to mm -hmm. the best restaurant in town. But then the, but, the clientele is beginning to thin out. That's right. Now they're like, okay, what are we going to do? And they're starting to serve wine to the internal guests, the family guests, and, and the staff. chef and yes, and oh, well, that's what I mean. The family. When I say the family okay. guests, I I'm mean the I'm chef. The, yeah. Now we're getting into family style New Year's Eve, and the chef Francesco says to Joe, "Joe, he, no, no, no. Go well, ahead. go ahead." He hands me a towel, uh huh, like a kitchen towel, and he says, "Put this over your shoulder." Uh, okay, okay, come with me. Uh huh. And he takes me into the kitchen, and I get to help him cook a meal. Yeah, I've never been in there before. And I'm like, tears are coming to my eyes as I tell this, because <laughs> if you haven't figured it out, we're foodies and I, we love this restaurant and we love these people. And he was going to let me in and I got to cook the meal, help him cook the meal and get tips and tricks and see how it works and see, I have taken at least 10 tips home with me and begun using them in my kitchen. So what did you cook? And I want to add that we invite, like, I'm sitting there starting to text people that are like regulars at the restaurant too, like my friend Andrew. Did you Andrew. have permission to do that? No, but they, they don't care. They don't care? No. Andrew, are you coming? Yeah. And Andrew's like, I don't, yeah, I'm coming. Yeah. And so then so Andrew's, Andrew's in the kitchen in with, with you. Yeah, was, yeah oh, like, okay. well, there's a no, I wasn't inviting like my random friends. I was inviting the friends of the restaurant. There's a bottle of wine mm -hmm. available. Yeah. And as we're enjoying it, we're cooking. So, okay. So he's got, imagine like the coolest gas burners that you can imagine, right? Your, your stove times two or three. He had prepped to cook food for his customers, mm -hmm. but while he was prepping, he had made much, much more than he knew he would be serving for this moment. Right. So there were calamari steaks that were wrapped around a, a, a breading, a stuffing. Some cheese. With I a think, toothpick yeah. stuck uh -huh. in them. And those go into a pot on low. Like, like, a, like a, I say a pot. A, um, like a pot of water? No, or? no, 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 no. Uh, oil. Mm -hmm. Then next to that is some really meaty, like I want to say a bolognese sauce or a marinara with a lot extra meat mm -hmm. that's that has been prepared for earlier, but now it's going on to the stove to cook. To warm it all up to, and get it ready. To warm it up to, for, yeah. for this. His fresh pasta, like a big load of fresh pasta the to serve with The homemade fresh pasta, yeah. uh huh yeah, he then he, and then we prepared a uh, like a lentil and a and a and a black sauce. Uh -huh. The main thing that I like I learned was his like his line facing the stove. Your back is to this line of all of these prepped ingredients that you can just pick and choose from in a long, long line, mm -hmm. like a Bellino. I don't even want to tell you what's in it because he may not want people to know. But uh, he was just pulling out of that over and over some tomatoes and onions and other things uh -huh. that he could pop into this and that and this and that the way that a chef can will taste what's ready how hot it is i, I learned that I, I could go on and on and on but then the heated area where you put the prepped food while the staff would come then and like order up you know that uh -huh. kind of thing uh -huh. 
So then it's all, it's sitting there ready to go. But the staff, I realize, is off duty. Uh-huh. There is no wait staff to deliver it. Uh-huh. So then I become the wait staff. Sure. Because, I mean, what an honor to be there. We're, we don't work there. We're just friends, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I'm, then I begin taking things out. I think, and, you, and, I think you picked up on that cue and, and began helping arrange well, it on yeah, the table. yeah, all of a sudden we start pulling tables together and there's this, we're creating this long line of tables and everybody's getting the wine and the water glasses. I mean, they're, they're, they are preparing. Well, they're I, not, you didn't see this no. part. He and I walk over to the wine area mm-hmm. and he's telling me, I think I'm going to serve this and this and this. He hadn't thought that out yet. I think mm-hmm. he was waiting to see mm-hmm. what had been sold during the normal course of business that night. I want to pull this because it's special. I want to pull this because Billy, whoever likes it. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a treat. So, and he, so he truly prepared a family New Year's Eve dinner table. A, bi- a big spread of the cheese. We had and the dry beautiful meats. wine. We had charcuterie. Mm. We had all of the dishes you prepared. Mm. And we had a glass of champagne at New Year's Eve. At and midnight, yeah. in and it was without a doubt one of those memorable New Year's Eve. Like we had done New Year's Eve with them before, but this year was a pinnacle of the success of that restaurant. Yeah. Their family success that they had pulled together. And you were in the kitchen to participate in it. And it was the second meal of the night. So how did we bring 2020 in or what? Long story short, make yourself some restaurant friends. Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. 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 So that was a beautiful thing, but I will tell you that over the Christmas break, New Year's Eve, boys home from college, girls on break, it was time for us to start talking about Christmas presents with our kids. In an, in a past episode, we talked to you about how we do the kind of general Christmas presents with the kids. You heard us talk about the one five ten, you know, thing that we do, which is fun, and we love that. We decided we, to throw all that out, not the one five ten part, right? But no, all of but the Christmas we did, present yeah, shopping. Let's yeah. just do something completely different this year. Yeah, you know, these what? kids are getting older. We definitely talked about how we did the. What you want, what you need, what you wear, what you read. Well, we did end up throwing it out this year. And ultimately why is because it came down to the kids just saying things like, we need a pair of jeans. And I need some new I need wardrobe. A, I need a pair of shoes. And I just need a new wardrobe. I need uh, some clothes. Yeah. And then I thought, gosh, you know what? Let's just take them shopping. And then I thought, God, how fun to take our adult sons shopping and how fun well that's always a matter of opinion taking your teenage daughter shopping as we're preparing to do it we're thinking (laughs) how fun would it be to take our teenage girls shopping oh yay so that starts with both of them some conversations over breakfast over lunch we do it in separate occasions we make we make plans yeah it worked out well that way yeah we make plans to take the boys on one weekend me you our two sons take the boys to lunch then take them to the mall basically and whatever else comes with the mall take have breakfast with the girls then take them out for shopping at the mall or whatever comes from that. And the timing of it was after our New Year's Eve celebration. Like, let's let the Christmas shopping occur. We don't want to go into the malls or any kind Mm -hmm. of, like, shopping centers for that nonsense. And then that, like, Monday after Christmas when everyone goes and returns their stuff, let's Mm -hmm. get rid of all of that. Right. So we're at lunch with the boys, and we're producing a shopping affair. Similar to how we would produce a podcast. 
we're making a list of where we're going and what we're doing and why we're doing it and what we need. And we discover that the boys both need jeans and that Hunter would like a chambray shirt. Well, although very real specific. Although he doesn't, I don't, he, I don't think he calls it a chambray shirt. I think he says uh, like blue, a blue jean. It's a blue jean. What is it? It's that blue <laughs> stuff. Is that, you have one, dad, that thing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you need a chambray shirt with pearl snaps. Like, mm-hmm. we got to get one of those. Mm-hmm. And then Cortland's like, actually, I think that I could pull off a blue jean jacket. Right. You know, and so we say, okay, well, the quickest place to do that, of course, is for us down here is to go into Dillard's. That's a pretty general store. And I throw out the Lucky brand. Like, you've got, like, Lucky brand jeans. If we're going to buy a pair of jeans. Let's get you a nice pair of jeans. Levi jeans. And Hunter has said, because now our boys go to uh, Texas A&M University in College Station, Texas, which is very country. And it's Texas. And they wear boots. And he's come home, uh, both of the boys, for Christmas, their first freshman year in college, now have come home with a desire for boots and jeans that fit the boots. Right. So Hunter's looking for boot cut jeans. Boot cut jeans. I just have no idea how challenging it is to have to shop with Hunter until we get started with it. Yeah. What is that about? I don't know. I took him shopping before he went to college. Uh-huh. Uh, we left with nothing. You met him last week. If you listen to last week's episode, that's my son. He likes what he likes, and he's stuck in a high school vibe, like mentality of clothes, which the wardrobe is t-shirts of your favorite yeah. bands he's like, and nobody's going to wear teams. that where I'm at. And I'm like, when you, you're going to go out with some yeah. girls. Oh, and- can I tell you? You don't even know this story. Yeah, you, you were there. At lunch today, I get a te- oh, yeah, yeah. I get a text. I have to go to a formal event tonight. Let's I- talk about this another no, time. No, no, this is it. I, I I need a sports jacket immediately. Like right now, help me. And we're texting. We're, go here and buy yourself a sports See, jacket. I was but, telling but, him the whole time. Yeah, you're gonna need better clothes. I don't know what it's about. At Corlin's birthday in September, he's he tells me two things. One, he's somehow left an entire bag full of clothes in the parking lot somewhere. <laughs> So he like went on some summer camp thing. His luggage and left. was a trash sack. He had a trash bag full of clothes. As he's getting back into the car to head back home from the long camping trip or whatever, he leaves all of his underwear and all of his shorts and all of his t-shirts in a trash bag somewhere. Well, I believe that he recovered that, thankfully. But at that time, he says it's his birthday. And he says, like, I, I need clothes. So... I'm a pretty good shopper, actually. When I choose to do it, I hate I hate to shop, but I'm good at it. Mm-hmm. So I say, okay, I'm going to go over to Marshall's and I'm going to get him some t-shirt. I'm gonna, uh, sorry, I'm going to get him some shorts. And I end up getting him, the, you know, a couple of fun button downs and then a maroon, Aggie maroon button down and then a couple of a long sleeve shirt and a short sleeve shirt, but kind of nicer style, right? So after we've made it through the mall... And we've walked the entire mall and we've done the blue jean. We got the blue jeans. We got the chambray shirt. We got the denim jacket. Mm -hmm. Now let's just go like waste a little bit of money on just fun shirts. So I take them over to Marshall's and here I am. And and Corlin is like, and I'm I'm pulling a pair of shorts down and a shirt and another shirt. And and, and Corlin's like, yeah, 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 totally. And we're talking about like nice stuff but for like nine dollars twelve dollars fifteen dollars you know super cheap lots of fun everything i pull out for hunter he's like why would i wear that Mm -hmm. 
why would I wear that? Yeah. And I'm like, you're going to be somewhere. Colton's a full year older. I'm thinking he just has one more year before he yeah. steps outside of his comfort zone and puts on a shirt that isn't, you know, that doesn't say Adidas on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he literally is like, I, we don't go anywhere where I need. It. I'm like, but you're going to. And here he is looking for the blazer. Right. So I, I, so. Threw, I threw a little cash in his hand on the way out of town and sure. buy whatever. Sure. Exactly. He'll probably buy it, spend it on Travis Scott tickets. Oh my God. So we get the boys done, and then like a few days later, it's time to repeat with both of the leads. Right. And it's a similar situation. Uh, this was like a mi- an unmitigated disaster at the beginning. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I, yes and no. I mean, I, I was less prepared for how, how teenage and female your son was <laughs> than, <laughs> than I was the female teenagers. Okay. Because I knew that shopping with a teenage daughter is the hardest thing that you can ever do as a parent. It, it is the hardest thing shopping with a teenage girl. Okay. So I knew when we went into the mall that it was going to be hard. I knew that there were jeans that were wanted. Right. We did manage to get a pair of jeans for yours. Yet again, your daughter, your child was very difficult. I think we walked every store. We did. When it came down and she, and to she, it, and she goes at the next store, we, yeah. won't, we won't name. I'm going to find everything. We won't name I these need. stores. I want to go to this store. It's my favorite one. We get there, nothing. Yeah, I, I'll find it at the next one. Nothing. Right. So then finally they say, let's go thrift store shopping. Let's go thrift store shopping, which makes your heart swell like the Grinches on Christmas Day. Exactly. So we go into... Three sizes too large. (laughs) So we go into our local thrift store, like like our nicer, like boutique thrift store. The cool thrift store. And I buy, I personally buy a hundred dollars worth of clothes. We weren't there for you. They buy thirty dollars worth of clothes. Right. Yeah. Um, no, they did actually a pretty good job actually at that mm-hmm, store. Mm-hmm. There was there was a nice little fat wad. I think my daughter probably bought a little bit more of a fat wad. Then I convinced them to go with me to the uh, the Goodwill clearance store. Yeah, this is my first trip here. It's a brand new facility. Here you were disgusted with the whole I thing. I walked in and walked out. Weird. It's beautiful, and I wanted to introduce the girls to it, especially the girls. It's brand new and clean, sure. That are interested in this like thrift and potentially resale kind of thing that you can do online now. Uh And you just literally dig through bins of clothes. When you say bins, they're like five. They're like bins, five (laughs) foot by fifteen foot troughs Uh where clothes have been dumped into them. Exactly. No order. None. There might be a hubcap in the middle of these clothes. I saw that at least one time. Yep. And you're paying a dollar forty nine a pound. You you roll your um, shopping shopping cart. cart up onto a scale. And they weigh it, and you walk out the door with like 12 new outfits for $9. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's perfect. I love it. Now you and bought I'm... some things. Did the girls walk away with anything yes, at all? Yes, they did. Okay. They did. They walked away from sweatshirts and some cool, you know, some some girl things that teenage girls like. So then we go to another place. Yeah. And I essentially, like this place. I like this place. Yeah. There's order. Same kind of thing. I I buy a bunch of stuff again. They get a few things. My daughter was very happy with the uh, Converse All Stars for like twelve bucks. That's right. So ultimately, that's what it was. And the fact of the matter is, it ended up being really successful and fun. And And with both sets of kids, kids, there was a dinner. I'm sorry, a lunch element. We went to lunch and then planned our our plan of attack. Yeah. Failure on both counts of those plans of attack. But you walked away with a ton of new clothes. Yeah. I'm Good all job made you up. Christmas shopping. For yeah. I people. spent literally like $100 on like a new wardrobe. 
Now, you know my favorite meal of these last couple of weeks uh, was cooking at, at my favorite restaurant in town. But what was yours? Well, it's a very similar dish to something we had in episode two. Way back then? And what it is, is it comes back to me loving the warm and creamy, delicious casseroles, but I can't eat grain. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I think oh, we had already... Oh, you're talking about that um, King Ranch we did with the... Uh, yeah, cauliflower. The yeah, the cauliflower. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that was a good one. We haven't that made that good. again. We yes. Need, yeah, we need to. Well, you made this one instead. And what did I, make? I think we made... Okay, so I think it's a another situation of the spaghetti squash at the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. But you found a recipe that was spaghetti squash, King Ranch, chicken casserole. Right. It was very well received. In fact, we had one of those situations where we had an extra teenager around the house that were like, here, sit down, eat eat spaghetti squash. And the teenager's like, spaghetti squash. And then mm, 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 as yeah. the meal goes on, they're like devouring this. So it was just a really, really delicious, warm and yummy recipe that I thought we was got, great. We shop at our farmer's market and we encourage you to do so. We want you to go to the farmer's market as well if you want to cook like we do. You had brought a spaghetti squash home. Yeah. Spaghetti squash. I had a chicken in the freezer. Chicken spaghetti squash casserole. We'll post it on our Facebook page. Yeah. But it had like the spaghetti squash. If you've never cooked with it, you cut it in half, you roast it in the oven. And then whenever you use your fork and it's nice and soft, it makes spaghetti noodles. It makes yeah. noodles. Yeah. And then it, you the, had the it a little firm. The tissue of the squash makes noodles. So like an al dente spaghetti. Exactly. It was delicious. So you cook that in with your chicken and your cheese and the other items. You can go to our Facebook page and check it out. And it made a delicious casserole that pleased literally everybody win we ate it all we ate it several times and it was perfect so yeah thank you for finding another way to make a grain-free delicious casserole cheesiness that i love i live to serve you Mm -hmm. and i am now going to pull a dinner table topics question this is the part of the show at the end of every episode where we pull a card from table topics i'm so excited and you can pick one up at uh, you know your local game store and i uh, we suggest that you do what do you have for me we haven't sketch we haven't prepared rehearsed i'm just gonna read this question to you and then you read it back to me are you ready nobody can see how silly i am over here behind the mic believe me she's very silly <laughs> Four words. What if they could see us right now? We should do a video camera someday. I think people would like it. Oh God, we got a lot of work to do. What's your proudest (laughs) accomplishment? What's my proudest accomplishment? Okay. My proudest accomplishment is my ability to evolve and grow with each passing day and year. Okay, let me repeat that back to you. Of all the accomplishments in your very accomplished life. Yes. Your proudest one. Yes. The one you are most proud of. Yes. Is that you change, would you say? Change and grow. Evolve and grow with each passing day, each passing moment, each passing event, each passing year. Is there any way to qualify that for me? You want an example is what you're saying? That's what qualify means. Well, I have had a lot of experiences in my lifetime and not all of them are good. And, And I deal with some... Uh, depre- depression and mania and some some things, right? And it's I, and I truly believe the reason I deal with it is because I deal with PTSD because of a couple of pretty hardcore accidents that have happened in my life. Uh-huh. You have highs and you have lows, right? And I think that with each passing event, and each passing day, and each passing decision, 
I make a move when I need to make a move. And I think that that is something to be very proud of. I think that I amaze myself at how strong and capable I am at evolving with the needs that I need to evolve with in that moment and in that time and in that after that event or whatever. Some people can't do it. Some people are crushed under the failure, uh, become stuck in a rut and just live. Do Do you ever feel stuck in a rut? Like you're not going to evolve into this place that you're proud of? There are moments where I, you, that's when you, that's when you see me get the most depressed is when I'm, when I'm in that moment where I'm like, fudge, am I ever going to get out of this? But with each passing time of success, I get better at knowing that I will figure it out. I will figure out how to get out of it. I will figure out how to move to the next step. I will figure out how to solve the problem. I will figure out how to make the change that is required. Whatever it is, I will I will get back in alignment with the path that is required for me and that feels the best for me. So that makes a person, that is, that is the greatest success. Being able to move and evolve and, and adapt and, and grow and change. That, that is a human being. As well as I think I know you, I can tell you that I completely understand what you just said. Because I couldn't be more proud of you and how you do exactly what you're saying. Evolve into the best imaginable place for you. Mm-hmm. I wish you could teach that. You'd make a billion dollars. I know, right? Yeah. It's, it's It's encouraging people to believe in themselves, and it's encouraging people to move forward. Okay, but there's there are times when you don't believe in, in, yes. in when one does not believe in oneself. That is true, but How some you... people revel in it. Some people stay in it. Some people stay stuck in their victimness. Some people stay there. And, and I refuse to stay there. Yeah. As hard as it might be sometimes, I refuse to stay there. And I don't give other people the power and the strength to take away from me my ability. Even to, though they're out there trying. To, to, to get back on top. Even though they're out there trying. Why are they trying? They're not trying. I think that you just see, you are just stuck in your own bullshit. And then you think, well, if I just go, well, yeah, that's how it is. People are stuck in bullshit. You should just stay stuck in the bullshit too, because we're all stuck in bullshit. And I'm like, God, that fucking sucks to be stuck in the bullshit. Let's move on. Well, I I know you're going to ask the question back to me, but before we do, I will say this. We live in a time more now than ever that people are posting things, saying things, with only the intent of cutting down. You know what? I was telling you about this earlier. I shared a post about growing flowers and wildflowers, that farmers are growing flowers and wildflowers to help for beneficial insects, to help prepare the soil, to make the soil healthier. It's a change being made in traditional farming? True. Okay, I got you. And I... I wouldn't even say traditional farming, but it's a change being made and you're starting to see it move in the direction as more research is acquired, more quantitative data about it into traditional farming. That right? you can attract, if I understand what you're saying, beneficial insects and, and, and pollinators by planting flowers. There's benefit to I'm planting okay. flowers. 
we call it farmscaping. There's a benefit to farmscaping in order to use less chemicals and to have healthier soils and stuff like that. I reposted this beautiful picture with a little bit of an article and I didn't even really like deeply read the article. I read the headline, which is not unusual because that's what everybody does. Although after this comment was made, I went back and read the article to make sure it didn't say anything that I didn't agree with. Mm -hmm. So days go by, maybe five days go by and it's like and like and yes and reshare and other people are like, look what Aislinn posted. This is awesome. This is great information. Yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, this person, I don't really know, but granted, my stuff, my social media stuff is very, very wide open to the public. It's a friend of a friend kind of situation says. I don't get it. Sounds good, but that's not real. No one does that. That article doesn't have any facts and just like, just like shit. Fake news. Just like shits on this thing. And I'm like. I literally said, you're making me laugh. I said, because I can prove, I can literally take you to places. Not just do I do it, but I can take you to places where this is real. And why would you make that comment? You're not the kind of person that would make that comment. You, you haven't stopped and thought for one second who you're making the comment to. And it goes back to what you're saying, which is we just fucking shit on people without yeah. even thinking about what we're saying. And when it came down to it, she got shot down and had to come back and say, like, I'm sorry, I'll stay in my own lane. You know, because I'm like, what are you talking about? I can tell you, like, scientists that can. Why do you yes, want it not this. to be true? Right. And that's the thing. She does want it to be true. But for whatever reason, we've created this universe in the social media universe where we we just shit on everything. Oh, we could talk about this for 20 more minutes. And we, don't have to, we don't have time to do it. But what is it? Okay. Hold on. What is it about the concept of social media where now we are all connected and we can say anything we want to, sometimes anonymous depending on the platform, but on Facebook where I believe that this occurred, mm-hmm. it's not anonymous. You can look her up. You can look up her pictures. Yeah, you can see friends her. with my cousin. Right. There you go. <laughs> where when we are all connected... The overall desire is to argue. Yeah. Before social it's media, all these before social media, have... we had some kind of level of decorum and and, no, so, and no, social no, cohesion. No, I think that it's all levels of people that have no communication skills, no. And so now we have an avenue skills. to. So now we have an avenue to present my lack of communication skills. Yep. yep. I'm, I'm out here and everybody else is doing it so I can say anything I want, but I just made a fool out of myself because in the real world, before I had this social media thing, I kept my, I mouth, wouldn't, shut. I kept my mouth shut because I wasn't as good at it as I thought I was. And somehow, because everyone does it, we think it's okay for everyone to do it. And we have this this screen in front of us that makes it okay to do it. And well, I would encourage. To sh- and to share shit. And, 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 and in my, I shouldn't have done it, share shit that we've seen only the headline of. So mm-hmm. that's my well, thing. It like, turns out you're, anyway, so well, I knew what I was talking about. I would but... say, though, that if you are listening, contribute to the good. Yes. Contribute to the notion that Arguing for the sake of arguing or making a post about anything that is designed to tear down anything, even a philosophy that you do not agree with, be it political or not, is not helping everybody. And certainly make sure you know who you're talking to before you talk talk to them, you know, because you're going to get shot down. So, okay, back yeah. at you. Yes. What's your proudest accomplishment? I'm going to give you the most cliche answer, but I'm going to try to quantify it a little bit. They say... And judge me all you want to. They say. I don't care. Judge me all you want. 
They say that with the moment that they put that child in your arms, your life is changed forever. And if that happened to you, I understand it. But I would tell you that it took me getting to, not not today. No, it took you getting to single parenting. Did it? Yes. As a father, as a male, it took you getting to single parenting. Well, however I got there, and whether that was right Cause, or wrong. Because women, women are that from the moment that... All women? Not, not 98% of women. I would think that if there was research that backed up your 98, that same research might say the number is smaller for the father. Yeah. But I understand the mother-child connection. You literally bore this child. Yeah, and we single-parent it by ourselves. Even though we're not technically single-parenting it, we single-parent it for a lot of years while men go to work... And women, yeah, if you, you know, look, even women that like were, even women, even women though. that work are still the primary soul mm -hmm. of the, I mean, and yes, those gender norms are changing at this age, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's my kids and I see them today and have for a long, long time, but I see them today for the accomplishments that they are and I couldn't be more proud. And I think that. They know that of me, that your children's accomplishments are yours, but I am here to give you all the tools and access and everything you need to accomplish. You mean your children's accomplishments are their own. Correct. Yeah. But I'm here to facilitate your ability to accomplish. Yeah. That's my goal. That's my job. But I see. Not, not do your homework for you, but give you all the tools you need to accomplish your own homework and come home from your first semester with a 4.0 from college. Mm -hmm. And you here, daughter here in town, not in college yet, come home with those grades and the pursuits that you want to extracurricularly and how you excel at them. I could not be more proud of those two. It took me a while to understand my role. Right. Because there's so much of the youngest part of their lives where everyone gets a trophy and everyone's a success. and da, da, da. But now I'm seeing them launch into real life success. And I couldn't be more proud. They are my proudest accomplishment. I don't care how cliche it is. Lovely. Before we say goodbye, can we remind you of one thing? You are listening to this podcast on some kind of device and you've made it to the end, which means that you like our stuff. Whatever it is, be it Google Podcast or Apple Podcast or Spotify, will you do the thing on that thing that subscribes you to our podcast or that gives us some kind of new data statistic on that device? Because it really, really, really helps. If you're on Apple Podcasts, will you review us, give us a five star, all that kind of stuff? If you listen to podcasts, you hear it from every single one. But, but as podcasters, we will explain to you, it is really, really important. It helps us out a lot. Also, tell your friends. Tell your friends. Also, send us messages. You heard our friends Dinner in the last couple of you hear, You've heard our friends in the last couple of episodes. They're sending us messages. Send us messages. And bye. Hey, thank you again for joining us at our dinner table. If we said during this last episode that we'd share something with you, you can find it at Our Dinner Table Talks on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're on Twitter, it's dinner underscore talks. Visit our website at dinnertabletalks.com for all of the latest information and send us an email there at talk at dinnertabletalks.com. 
We so look forward to hearing from you. See you next week.